It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers did it. They have hired Hugh Freeze, the former Liberty coach. This is a special edition of Locked On Auburn, a live edition of Locked On Auburn. And joining me, Lindsey Crosby, Locked On Auburn regular, writer at AuburnDaily.com. We're telling everybody this is going to happen in Locked On Auburn Discord. And... I guess the writing on the wall, uh, the writing was on the wall for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess ever since Lane Kiffin kind of stepped away from all of this, and this is this is where we are. He freezes is Auburn's next head football coach. Yeah, and it's we we talked about this just less than twenty four hours ago about Auburn had a self imposed seventy two hour deadline after the Iron Bowl to kind of have somebody in place. Uh, we thought this was going to happen last week. There was rumblings on Friday and Saturday, uh, didn't happen. It's official this afternoon. Uh, As sources report, we're still waiting on official word from the university. But uh, very interested in a couple things. One, I'm curious to see what the contract is, but very interested in seeing the coordinator hires. This is something where I don't know who is going to come with Hugh Freeze from Liberty, who is waiting for a bowl game. Like, they're bowl bowl eligible. Um, But obviously, he's going to go ahead and come to Auburn. I'm curious to see who, who, who he brings on his staff with him. Yeah, I read a few places and talked to a few people I trust that his bringing members of Liberty with him wasn't a big part of what Auburn's next version of their staff will be, which is probably good, right? I, I think yeah. I think a lot of these hires, because um, I think Hugh Freeze's scheme is good. You want to get guys that can recruit, right? That is something that Auburn is behind on in this arms race that is acquiring talent throughout the SEC. You need to now build out a staff where you can do a lot of that. Will Muschamp was heavily, heavily rumored to be the DC when Lane Kiffin was the leading favorite. I don't think he's in play anymore. Charles Kelly's a big name that's not going away. I think that'll be interesting. You got to think with this hire, right? Because I think with Hugh Freeze, unlike all the other rumored names that range from Lane Kiffin to Dabo Swinney to, to Dan Lanning, Auburn had more power in the negotiations with Hugh Freeze than anyone else. And so what does that allow you to do, Lindsay? I think it allows you to say, hey, I, uh, you know, Auburn wants you to keep Caddy around and Zach Etheridge around. I asked about Ike Killiard. I, was sa- I said, probably not. We'll see. We'll definitely see about that. But I think those two former Auburn players will stay on staff, which will help win over a lot of the people possibly – that um that are anti anti Hugh Freeze and all of this. Yeah, and it's 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 a situation where you're getting to the point where there wasn't a ton of of alternatives. There wasn't a ton of other guys still out there. We asked the question on yesterday's show, today's show, uh, what is taking so long? Why are all of these other schools finding their coaches and Auburn was not? Yeah. Uh, part of it, like you said, that power dynamic allows Auburn to kind of make sure you can take care of the guys you need to be taken care of. Cadillac Williams, I you know did see some stuff about he specifically was asked about the job and said he was not interested in being the head coach. Uh, so it's it's but it's good to know he'll have a role on staff and and seeing who comes in who fills some of these roles is going to be rather interesting. Yep. All right, let's bring in Daryl Daprich, uh, locked on Auburn 
regular. Daryl, your immediate reaction to all of this. You haven't heard a whole lot of what me and Lindsay have said, so this will be a fresh opinion. Your immediate mm-hmm. thoughts on the hiring a few Freezeby Albert's next head football coach. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm thrilled to be on with both of you. This is kind of a neat little setup. I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that we could do this. This means a lot. But I, I think that the last 48 hours, I kind of resigned myself and got used to and warmed up to the fact that it was going to be Hugh Freeze. And let me just say this. I think it's all about timing and when things happen. If you would have come to me in February and said Auburn was considering hiring Hugh Freeze I would have been over the moon about it at that point. I would have been very on board, very excited. The Lane Kiffin cloud skewed that a little bit because mm. getting him or, or feeling like Auburn had him locked up kind of took a little bit of the, the luster off of a Hugh Freeze hire, which I thought would have been exciting. It's because it went to a, I don't know, you went to the more attractive prom date, right? You, you like this girl, you've liked her all year. You ask her to go to prom, and then somebody else comes along that's, uh, you know, the best the best choice in school. It looks a little different. So yeah. I think the Lane Kiffin factor made that a little bit less – made the, the Hugh Freeze hiring a little less um, desirable than it would have been just fresh right out of the gate from the start. I think that's a good point, and, and I think part of the delay – I think a lot of people wanted it to happen on Sunday um, – Obviously, that didn't happen, Daryl and Lindsay. But I think some of this delay was, I really think Auburn thought they were going to get Lane Kiffin. And, and as I've talked to more folks today, guys, we, we kind of alluded uh, to this in this morning's show, Lindsay. But I think a, a deal was in place between the two parties, between Auburn and Lane Kiffin. And it sounded like Lane Kiffin wanted the majority of his deal guaranteed and he wanted a clause where if he left to go to Alabama or another school, that he would still get that money, which, of course, all of a sudden, Cohen's like, absolutely not. You're not going to do that. And so Cohen made the right decision there, and he's getting, he's getting hit on by a lot of folks, um, one, because of the timing of the hire and how long it took, which in retrospect really wasn't that long. I think we're all just kind of antsy and eager, but – um, there's, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of different opinions on this. Let's get another opinion in here. Auburn message board legend, Charlie five joining us. Is this, is this the 92 uh, Olympic team right here? Basketball team. I'm just wondering if this We're is finally what you, all together. Quad this is what you, I'm going to start calling you Chuck daily. Cause you just put the Let's dream go. team together. My friend, Let's go. Yeah. Let's is this, this the Avengers? I don't know. Charlie <laughs> yeah. five, your reaction. Hugh freezes Auburn's next head football coach. Hit me with your thoughts. Um, so I have, I've, I've been pretty, uh, a huge Hugh fan for, you know, a long time. Uh, I've, I've made, I've made no apologies about it. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal football coach. If you look at where programs were when he took over, it's, it's, he has yet to fail. He's taken every single program that he's been at from where they were to the highest levels they've ever been. Uh, or or adequate to or equal to the highest levels that they've ever been. When you look at Arkansas State, they had back-to-back four-win seasons. He wins ten wins, wins the conference his very first year. You go to Ole Miss, they won. They were one in fifteen in conference when he took over. Uh, he goes to a he go he wins three game three conference games his first year, gets to a ten-win season. Ole Miss has only had uh, if you before that the last ten-win season was like Eli Manning, I think, and, and still uh, they've all, and Lane Kiffin's got one of the other ones. So, um, 
and then you take Liberty. Liberty was – that's one thing people don't understand is Liberty just started playing Division One football, like just started. The Hugh Freeze's second season was the second – first season was the second season they've been playing Division One football, and he wins 10 games uh, and beat a lot. He had a – I think it was like 31-6 and six versus uh, G5 teams. That's correct. Um, and I think he had – I mean, multiple P uh, victories versus P5 teams. I mean – Another thing you got to think about for Hugh, I'm going to say one more thing and I'll let, and then what, what, you sure. know, whatever. Hugh has waited so patiently for this job. Now, granted, he may not have had a ton of other big time options, but think about what, like in 2020, he was rumored to be in the mix for the job. Said, I'd take it if it's all, if, you know, if it's there, I take it. It's my dream job. Uh, in February, he was essentially promised the job in February, uh, this past February. And then we had, we, you know, whatever happened, the blow up happened. And then he takes, he accepts the job basically twice this time where he, he takes it, he get it gets, it gets out and everybody freaks out. They say, Hey, we, we need to step back. And he's just sitting there. You know what guys, whatever. I'll, I'm, I'll just sit there. I'll wait. I'll wait. Whatever. I, I, this is my dream job. I'll, I'll walk there if I have to. Uh, that to me speaks volumes. I'm proud that you want a guy that wants to be there versus a guy that just wants to use you like we had with Lane Kiffin. I, and everybody I, do, I do think it's interesting that him wanting to be here very badly was seen as a negative. Like, I, <laughs> I do think that was odd the whole time. I, I think, it I think we all saw that. Anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. that I think coming off of a coach that we saw was just punching the clock and didn't really want to be here and was going through the motions. Look, we have we have exhibit A and what could happen in Auburn when a coach wants to be at Auburn. It, it's to me, it means a lot and speaks volumes. And it matters that a coach really, really wants this job. Because I think that directly influences effort, attitude, culture, belief, and how hard he's going to work. We see what happened the last four weeks when a coach that wanted to be here and gave a crap about Auburn what you can accomplish mm-hmm. instead of just biding time. So to me, that's a strong, strong, um, I think, check mark for him and an asset that he has that he wants to be here because I think that's going to directly equate to the kind of job he does and how hard he works. And the other part of that, too, is that also means that you have you're not worried about having to do this again in two or three years. Look at the, the tip of Lane of Lane Kiffin and how long he's been at different jobs. And it's it's two years, three years, and then he's moving on. And the fact that Hugh Freeze wants to be here and has wanted to be here for years tells you that as long as he's doing well, that he will be here for a longer period of time. You can look at this as a five or 10 year tenure versus a two or three year like you would have had with a mercenary type like Lane Kiffin. Yeah, guys. So uh, Brandon Marcello is tweeting out right now. Uh, He said, I'm told Hugh Freeze is already recruiting. What a, See, yeah. what a pivot! What a pivot from the previous administration. <laughs> That's the thing. Something the Arza wouldn't go do. People are going to be shocked, I think, at the amount of connections, effort in recruiting and transfer portal. Portal. When you get something like this that you consider to be your dream job that you've wanted, and you pour yourself into it, and it's a labor of love. It sounds cliche. I know it sounds corny, but by God, we need corny after what's yeah. happened the last year. So. I think that when you look and let's let's not underestimate things like the NIL war chest and money men being behind him and yes. assistant coaching pools and all those kind of things 
that is going to be very apparent in the next, mm, let's say, two months of getting behind somebody and throwing dollars at it, how it's going to matter. Because, I, I mean, Auburn's picked up two recruits in the last three days without a freaking coach. I, I mean, sure. I just – that blows my mind. What's going to happen now when Hugh gets on the phone and is recruiting people? He already thinks it's a wonderful job. You're not talking about someone that has to fake sell fake Auburn. It. Oh yeah, he know, he know, he loves it. It's it's apparent. And look, let me just say this, and then we'll. The anytime you get into negotiations with a coach, and the buyout language is a stickler, and a sticking point, it tells me that coach is already thinking about his next job. Hundred percent. Hugh Freeze, I, I don't think even cares about that kind of language in a contract. This is a guy that could be here if successful and does what he's supposed to do. And works and, and and does you know in this era of transfer portal could be here just like Lindsay said for a while. It's a it could be a long term option that also helps us get better quicker. It's both sides of the of, of the coin, I think. All right, so so we we've been booging this whole conversation. Let's address some of the negative stuff and a lot of the comments right now, which is fine, which is predictable. In fact, I I put up a poll and asked, "Are you happy with the hire?" And I'm actually surprised, fifty two percent. The people have said yes, just because a lot of the polls I've seen have been kind of slanted away from Hugh Free. So like that, that's a little um, that's a little interesting. But looking at a lot of this, you know, Michael is saying compliance department's about to have to step up. Russell's, you know, making the university cell phone joke and all of that, which Fair. Auburn knew. Auburn knew if you were going to hire this, this this isn't gonna go away if he has one or two winning seasons. Like this is going to follow him for maybe the rest of his career, regardless sure. of what he does. I mean, that's sure. just part of it. That's just part of it. And Cam so, was – the laptop follows Cam around. Uh, I mean, still, stuff – Yeah, still. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, yeah, he, he won a Heisman, first pick overall, won a Natty. Yeah, uh, played in the Super Bowl, so 100%. So that, that's just always going to be part of it for Hugh Freeze. Charlie, Five, I, I want to direct this question to you because okay. – it almost seems like there's more, there's plenty of Hugh Freezes out there that don't have this tied to them. What would you say to that? I would say, uh, I, I don't know that I agree. I don't know that I agree okay. with that statement. I don't know that I agree that there's a lot of guys out there that have the personality that can go to Grayson High School in Atlanta and get the number one recruit in the country with Alabama Clemson in Georgia doing everything they can to get him. There's not that guy out there. There's not that many guys out there. And Hugh sure. Freeze is one of them. Okay. Uh, you want, if you want to talk about how he did it, if the only way that argument's valid, the only way the argument that he can't do that anymore because whatever the level, the field level, the playing fields uh, level, it was level with the guys he was going up against. Okay, if you think Hugh Freeze was the only one trying to pay Robert Incamdichie to come to Ole Miss, you've lost your mind. Okay, there's not that many people that can go up against Nick Saban, can go up against a heck. I guess it was uh, I don't even know if it was Kirby then. Probably it was Mark Richt. Mark, yeah, Mark Richt and Dabo and Dabo and and get a guy to come to Ole Miss, regardless if his brother was there, or whatever. You beat. He went in there and he beat him. And, Jimbo was uh, probably involved at FSU at the time too. Jimbo, I mean. I'm just saying, I don't they think used to be good, that, believe it or not. Yeah, I don't think there's that many guys out there that already on the phone recruiting. Like, there's not many guys that we will get 
that will have such a passion for recruiting and will work as hard as recruit. Lane Kiffin was not going to recruit. Okay, he's look. Go look at hey everybody in the uh, comments. Go look at Lane uh, Kiffin's recruiting class right now. Go look at where it's ranked. Whose offensive scheme is better, Lane Kiffin or, or Hugh Freeze's? I, I know it's a different conversation. I'm just asking the question. Well, I think I think some defensive coordinators in the the second half of the season, three or four different defensive coordinators. This is going to sound like sour grapes. I'm, it's not. I'm just saying that you know there's some guys that were on the defensive side of the ball, like Arnett from Mississippi State and and, and Barry Odom, who figured out some things with Lane Kiffin and and made some adjustments and and shut him down a little bit. So, I you know from a from a schematic standpoint. Um, Lane Kiffin's not infallible either. Some people figured out some things to slow him down. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I would say um, I have I've never seen Lane Kiffin take a, a third string quarterback and beat a, a team that has ten times the talent as him. I've never seen that. I've actually never seen Lane Kiffin beat many teams over a five hundred record. Referring to Arkansas this year, earlier this yeah, year, exactly, taking a third team exactly taking his third string yeah. quarterback going into Fayetteville and beating. Uh, Arkansas, which you can joke about the record of Arkansas this year, whatever. That team had vastly more talent than uh, the team that Hugh Freeze walked in there with and, and waxed them. So, yeah, I don't know what that means about I don't know what that means about scheme versus scheme. I, I just I've seen I've seen some things uh, one way and haven't seen some ways uh, things in another. I do love Lane Kiffin as a play caller, though he's a great. He does have a great offense. And I would have right. loved to have him as a coach. I don't want to look like I'm being disingenuous. Oh, totally, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, John says recruiting is overrated today. NIL is where it's at. Lindsay, you and I have talked about this before. It seems like a lot of the NIL folks, Charlie Five, you've talked about this too. Uh, the NIL folks, uh, I think they're, I think they're going to be happy with the amount of money that they receive. Let's assume this is true, which it's not. Recruiting is never overrated. You need talent, but. Also, NIL is part of recruiting. It's like mm -hmm. I, I don't fully understand that entire point. John, if you want to elaborate a little more, I think that'd be great. But, Lindsay, your thoughts on NIL over the next few weeks now that this, uh, this news is out there? There have been reports that some of the larger Auburn boosters, uh, that th this is – Hugh Freeze, is a, they're a fan of his. And so there have been indications that donations from some of the, like, the larger figure donations would probably pick up. Under Hugh Freeze, you're already looking at a situation where on to victory, Auburn's collective hit their two year funding goal in the first, what, six, eight weeks. And you're sitting on double digit millions of dollars to go out and work on these next two recruiting classes and looking at the fact that now you can take that and you can add in large dollar donations from some of those boosters that maybe weren't giving to their full capabilities under Brian Harson or we're, you know, we're deliberately actually, you know, maybe even withholding money. I don't quite know, but uh, showing that they can now give significantly large, you know, six, seven figure gifts uh, just does nothing but make your NIL situation even better. And if anything, it's an argument for Hugh Freeze because going off of what he did at Old Miss, he obviously understands how to use that money to go out and get players. So right. uh, it definitely means that you're, you can, do a lot of work on this roster, which is going to need a lot of work over the next two years because of how much talent you're losing. You have the financial resources to do it. Yeah, right. Um, I want to address that. I saw this on Twitter earlier today. Brett, miss you, buddy. Hope Orlando is fun. Um, Brett says, Malzahn, Kiffin, and Freeze almost have the identical win percentage. And this is, I assuming, SEC record. That's, that's at least a stat that I saw 
on Twitter this morning. What are y'all's thoughts on that? More so comparing Hugh to Gus, right? Trying to dismiss that whole Hugh is Gus 2.0 narrative. Anybody want to chime in on that first? You go Charlie, first Charlie yeah. Five. You Thank you for raising your hand. Okay. Uh, coaching uh, uh, eight wins at Ole Miss is not eight wins at Auburn. That's that's not a very good that's not a very good uh, that's not a very good comparison. You got to take everything into context. Ole Miss has had four, ten, three, ten. We because we were going to say four because we thought Lane Kiffin was going to win ten this year. They've had three ten win seasons in twenty two years. Okay, mm-hmm. three. Okay, so if he wins, if he. It, that's just the, you got to take each school and put it into context. You can't just take well, win and, and Charlie five. Wasn't that a huge part of what, when we were talking pro Kiffin was, if he can do this at Ole Miss, imagine what he can do at Auburn. It's the if same argument 10 right? games at Ole Miss. Imagine what he could do at Auburn. Exactly. Yep. It's the same exact, it's the same exact argument that you, you got to use. If, if you want to say that his win percentage at Arkansas state was higher than, than Gus's. So, yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Hugh Freeze doing that at Old Miss to me is more impressive than Lane Kiffin doing it at Old Miss because theoretically, when you have a coach come in like a Hugh Freeze who can win a lot, you are raising the floor of the program. You are making the program better. You are getting more donations, getting more mm-hmm. support. And so being the first person to do it means more than being the second person or the third person to do it. Hugh Freeze came into a to a school, like Charlie Five said, that has barely had that level of success and came in and took them to 10 win seasons, beat Saban back-to-back. Whereas Gus Malzahn came to a school that he had just OC'd to a national championship, came in, put them into another national championship, and then from there never quite hit those levels of success again. But uh, Free started with less and did more than arguably Gus did in a better situation. I, I want to get the opinion of the man who covers the Southeastern Conference better than anyone will chime in and be, in, be joined by Chris Gordy. What's the SEC perspective on this hire? But first things first, got to tell you about our friends at Upside. Upside is a free app that allows you to not have to cut back because uh, inflation is hitting us where it all hurts. Of course, that is our wallet. Download the free Upside app. And then once you sign up, use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. You take, uh, you buy what you normally buy, gas, dine out, groceries. You take a picture of your receipt, you redeem it in the app, and you get real money cash back. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Today, let's bring in Chris Gordy. He is the host of Locked On SEC. Gordy, your thoughts? I'm sure you also, just like us, kind of heard the rumblings of Hugh Freeze to Auburn being a likely thing. Um, you sent me a message. Um, so I, I think I know where you're going to come from, but yeah, give me your thoughts on, uh, on Hugh Freeze to Auburn. Yeah. What, what I find interesting guys is, you know, I was having to go back and kind of look through the timeline because as, as we do all this, we get lost in the timeline of how things happened. And, you know, when rumors start and all this, um, Hugh Freeze has been trying to come back to the SEC for some time, uh, in 2018, he was trying. Alabama was trying to hire them as him as their OC, 
Right. And according to all the reports, you know, Greg Sankey kind of shut it down. Greg Sankey said it was going to be a bad look to bring him back to the conference while Ole Miss was still serving a punishment for sanctions uh, from what happened with him. So that happened. I think they hired Josh Gaddis and, and Alabama went on. Uh, LSU that same offseason wanted to bring in Hugh Freeze in, a, in an on-field coaching role. Uh, a couple years later, Tennessee is in a coaching search. They were very high on Hugh Freeze then. Tennessee thought about hiring him. And again, um, Greg Sankey will never admit this publicly, but from what I'm told, the, the, Greg Sankey kind of pushed that down and said, no, we're not hiring Hugh Freeze. And so Hugh Freeze has kind of had to let some time go to, to work his way back into the SEC, albeit he's had suitors left and right trying to get him back to the conference. So he's done a great job at Liberty. He's had great success there. But like I said, this is a guy who's been very highly sought after by many schools around the SEC, and now he's back. I got to think that Greg Sankey gave his blessing on this finally to tell Auburn. Yeah, I know he's, he's towed the company line publicly. I think even as recent as last year he, in an interview, Greg Sankey said, hey, look, I'll, I'll let my schools hire who they want to. I don't stand in their way. Yeah, you're also the commissioner, and you can overrule things. So, um, you know, I, I it's it ultimately I think it's a great hire. Uh, all the baggage and stuff that comes along with it. Yeah, you're going to get killed publicly uh, by the national folks who have a different perception of him. But at the end of the day, you're looking to hire the best football coach. Does he have to be a leader of men and recruit, do all that other stuff? Yes. But who's going to win you football games and who's going to get this program back on track? And I, I, from that perspective, I think it's a good hire. Darryl, you got a question for Gordy? Yeah, I did. I did, Gordy. Uh, I wanted, you know, this narrative that we've heard that nobody else wanted you freeze. You know, we heard that narrative. Of, then why is nobody else going after him? It reminds me of what all what I heard when Auburn hired Bruce Pearl. Some of these these similarities are, are really eerily, you know, consistent. But so what you're saying, just to clarify that, is that there would have been other schools in the last couple of years that would have been glad to hire Hugh Freeze but it was maybe blocked or dis discouraged by Commissioner Sankey. Yeah, I mean, I know I know the, the one in, with Alabama was, was true. That was, I want to say, 2018 when they were trying to hire an OC. They wanted to bring in Hugh Freeze. Uh, like I said, LSU, I know it sniffed around on them. There was another school, too. Uh, maybe it was Ole Miss. I can't remember who it was. Well, Auburn uh, tried to hire him as an yeah, OC uh, before yeah. he took the Liberty job. So yeah. I, I don't know that necessarily that was a – it got blocked, but, um, you know, Auburn tried to hire him. Gus tried to hire him as OC before he took the Liberty job. Yeah, and then again, Tennessee, when they were doing – before they landed on Hypel, you know, Hugh Freeze was in the discussion. So, um, yeah, again, I, I think it, it was an eventual thing that we knew was going to happen. Hugh Freeze was going to wind up back in the SEC at some point. Uh, again, I think he served his crime for what happened at Ole Miss. Uh, paying players now turns out to be not such a bad thing. Uh, NIL is, is the thing that everybody's taking advantage of. Ask right. for uh, messing around with escorts while you're on the road. Look, it's not a great look, but, you know, again, it's, it is what it is. I think he served enough public punishment for that, and, you know, most people turn the page. I was trying to do some digging into the stuff that happened at Liberty. It, it has more to do with Ian McCaw, who is the athletic director who came over from Baylor. They had sexual assault happening at Baylor, and then they have I think, you know, about a dozen or so Jane Doe cases at Liberty. Some of that stuff was happening before Hugh Freeze got there. Some of it happened when he was there. I don't, I'm, again, that's not my job to get into all that. That's for the schools and, you know, everyone else to do investigations into and, and all that kind of stuff. I got to think that Auburn at least did their due diligence here and mm -hmm. did and, and questioned everybody and said, Hugh, 
are you guilty of anything here? You know, I mean, I think I think they dug into that. But again, it's just something nationally. If you're an Auburn fan and, you, and you're a fan of the high or whatever, you're just gonna have to deal with it because people are gonna talk about it. Going on the due diligence, I can actually speak to after news leaked late last week that Auburn was talking to Hugh Freeze about the position. Auburn reached back out to Liberty and specifically dug into some of those details of the sexual assault allegations and the investigation, got as many details as they were legally allowed to get, and kind of did an extra thorough check of that whole situation to ensure that there was not going to be anything that was directed at Hugh Freeze from that situation. And so that's part of the reason why, even though we got reports leaking out on Saturday, on Friday and Saturday, why we didn't actually see this announced as happening until later today is because they had to work that process with Liberty University. Yeah, and look, people are just, there's going to be people who aren't fans of the hire because Mm -hmm. of that, and it is what it is. Um, But time heals all wounds. If he comes to Auburn and does a great job and starts to win and has very few issues inside of his program and he gets people to buy in, a lot of that stuff's going to just become a thing of the past. So, um, again, time heals, heals all wounds there. But, again, if you're an Auburn fan, whether you like the hire or not, just understand there's going to be all that kind of other side crap to come with it. But I love what Zach said about he's already hitting the recruiting trail. I mean, yeah. you, you got to go all in on it if you're an Auburn fan and just trust the process and trust the administration and uh, that John Cohen did did his uh, all the legwork here. Again, talk about the timeline. It sounds like, I mean, you guys tell me if I'm wrong, sounds like Lane was their number one, Q Freeze was their number two. And when things fell through with Lane, they immediately went to their number two and said Q Freeze. I, I don't feel like they were trying to hunt anybody else. I feel like that was the list. Yeah. Can I ask this question? I want anyone to chime into this, Zach, Gordy, everybody. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wondering, you know, let's be honest. There's been a lot of things swirling around about Lane Kiffin for years, even the nickname Joey Freshwater, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm just saying there is stuff, there is smoke about Lane Kiffin and basically how he led led his life off the field for a while either. Maybe it wasn't present in the media or publicly known, but there were rumors and things for a while. And Auburn had to vet him and do a background check, it's my understanding, on Lane Kiffin. I don't understand the pushback on Freeze other than maybe – it was it was absolutely documented, and the same people that are coming out against Freeze didn't blink when Lane Kiffin was the number one choice, and there were some things tied to him for years. Uh, there's definitely some double standards there. I have some theories on why. I'm not going to discuss it on here. I don't want to get in the weeds on that. But you're thank you. You're absolutely right. There there is uh, there there has been sort of a double standard uh, and. For whatever, hey, there's, there's, you want to start digging. If, if we want to find reasons not to hire people, uh, my dad always said, if you, if you go hunting for a bear, you're going to eventually find one. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm just saying, if you want to take a moral stand, you're going to have to take it with everybody. And I don't just don't think people are ready to be consistent across the board. And, uh, this is, this is a prime example. Gordy, thanks for stopping by, man. Real quick, you're going to be talking about this on your show. How can people find it? Yeah, just locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast. We'll hopefully have uh, Zach on for a segment tomorrow and talking more on the aftermath. But uh, good to talk with you guys. And, hey, glad this resolution came so quickly because we're seeing so many kids jump into the portal right now. Luke Altmaier yeah. from Ole Miss just jumped in. 
I mean, this thing is going to happen so rapidly over the next seven days. We're going to have so much movement, not just in the country. I mean, in the SEC alone, you're going to have so many kids hit the transfer portal. You had to have that coach in place to start getting this recruiting under, under uh, you know, getting this recruiting class good uh, through the early signing period and start to get some, uh, some transfers because if Auburn's going to be competitive next year, they've got to hit up that transfer portal. There's no question about it, and, and it, fortunately, it sounds like Freeze has already been recruiting, so he's got that mindset. Thank you so much to Chris Gordy. So I said this when we were talking about Kiffin. I also said when we were talking about Hugh Freeze. Uh, Lindsay, I may have said it in this morning show that we did together, but the biggest winner of all this, I believe, he just tweeted out Rob- to his new head coach. Yes. Robbie Ashford tweeting at Coach Hugh Freeze. Welcome to the Plains. Let's get to work. We've got unfinished business to handle. Uh, Eagle emoji. Hashtag War Eagle. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think he is the winner in all of this. When you look at Auburn's quarterback room, I think they're in a good spot moving forward. They're probably going to bring another guy in because you got to think TJ is probably on his way out. And so you got a Robbie Ashford. You got a very talented passer in Holden Gurner. Uh, and then Zach Calzada, kind of the wild card in all this. It sounds like he wants to stay. He had every chance in the world to leave and every reason to, but it seems like he really likes Auburn, wants to play for Auburn. So, man, I, I love the idea of Robbie Ashford in a Hugh Freeze offense. He's not Malik Willis, but there's plenty of similarities where they are at this point in their career. I mean, Malik Willis, when he was at Auburn, the, the the absolute book on him was dynamic with his legs. And then I watched him not be the most accurate passer yep. in the world, but was dynamic with his legs. So if you freeze can run some sort of offense schematically, what if Auburn goes back to an RPO type offense? To me, Robbie Ashford is absolutely dream a dream quarterback in an RPO scenario. I mean, if Nick Marshall could throw it in an RPO, I think Robbie Ashford has more arm talent than Nick Marshall has. So an an offense designed around his skill set, which is something I think you freeze knows how to do. That's that could be, if he can do that with Malik Willis, I think Robbie Ashford could absolutely benefit from this hire. Yeah. uh, Lindsay or Charlie five. um, Is Robbie the biggest winner or are there other guys on this roster that that stand to benefit from this? Lindsay, you want to go first? To me, it's, I mean, it's, it's Robbie. It's also Holden Gariner. Uh, okay. simply because you've room. seen – yeah, just the, the, the quarterback room in general. You've seen them be able to, to develop guys. Uh, he's been, been able to fit his offense to work with whatever type of passer he has. Now, obviously, he prefers a mobile guy like like Ashford, but you can't discount what he can do for offense in general. I would also argue uh, wide receivers. I feel like a lot of his offenses have always had a dynamic talent at wide receiver. And so first guy I think of is Cam Brown. You know, it had, got into some games this year, had an impact, but what can he do with two years under a Hugh Freeze offense? Got to feel pretty good about it. You know yeah. who Camden Brown reminds me of when you talk about Lane Kiffin wide receivers? He was a first-round so, pick, I believe. Hugh Freeze, DK Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell, yeah. Oh, yeah. Treadwell. Who, who'd you say, Lindsey? DK Metcalf. Another a beast. A little bit oh. different, but – He's a little faster, but yeah, they're both big presences on the outside. Absolutely. I think uh I think Landon King be the the diamond in this whole this whole deal. Uh great. You point. look at uh you look at what he did with Evan Ingram, who was six two, six three, not not super big, but he was a he was an athlete that you could that was a matchup uh nightmare in the slot, and he made him a first round pick. And uh, I mean, I think Landon King, unless he's that 
mythical creature that only performs in practice and we know and it is the, unless he's that guy but i don't think he is because we've seen him make outrageous plays uh in terrible situations that he was put in he, he he's succeeded every time uh I, I i think he could be uh he could be one of the best uh he could benefit the most i think robbie is another great one i did not realize i saw a certain a, a little bit of the chatter i didn't realize that he had an ac sprain uh, mm-hmm. in the Missouri game, uh, and, and and has played through throwing it all year. Shoulder. Throw which is your throwing shoulder. I mean, AC is is not something that necessarily has to be. Um, I don't think all the time it has to be surgically repaired, but it's something that if you don't like get it attended to, it's it's it, it, if it, you constantly use it, it can't get better. It can't get better. And he had to continue to play, and it and it's a, a big affecting on your throwing motion and and accuracy because it hurts it just hurts to throw the ball so um I, I would like to see i hope he doesn't necessarily have to have surgery i hope it's something that can be attended to and we can perform uh, yeah. rehab it and be ready to go in spring uh because spring's going to be big with hugh so uh he could he could be he's ex, he's an electric uh open field guy I, every time he runs i feel like he gets faster and faster it's crazy so um if you can fix the accuracy piece and have a little bit more quick decisions and not like drop back, play action, make a read and make a decision, mm-hmm. get the ball out quick. I think I agree. I think Robbie could, could flourish. And yeah. how big is the possibility of going to a bowl game now where you have extra practices this early with Hugh Freeze able to be in the building, able to watch practice and evaluate guys in live action versus just watching film? if Auburn does get invited to a bowl game at five and seven. The polarization of this hire is fascinating. I'm just watching all the live chats come in and just following all the different ways you can share your opinion on, on the interwebs throughout the day. And it's either this is the greatest thing ever, or this is the biggest embarrassment in the history of Auburn. Like there's no, there's no no middle ground on this. It's like Bo Nix all over again. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's the Auburn way. I mean, I, if we had social media back when Dye was hired, you can bet someone would say, what, some some dude from Wyoming? I don't care that he played in the SEC. He's never coached. I don't care that he coached under Bear Bryant. He's never been a head coach in the SEC. Wyoming? Mm-hmm. I know that – I know. I remember I lived here when Terry Bowden was hired, and I had to read the paper twice to make sure that I was reading the right name. I was like, surely they spelled Tommy wrong when they said Terry. But I, I just – I don't – you know, it, it, other than maybe Gus Malzahn that everybody kind of felt was happening and then Tuberville, Chiswick, people went to the airport and booed. I mean, we Auburn always hires – there's always this polarizing, divided front. I don't, I don't know. It's hard to get a hire that everybody, everybody's on board with. It's just hard. In college football, period, I think it's difficult to do that. So, you know, you go with what – you feel like is the best fit. And again, I go back to the whole, here's the other thing that we haven't talked about. This assistant pool that's going to happen, Hugh Free strikes me as a guy that Auburn will go out and try to get the best defensive coordinator they can get, and Hugh Freeze is going to leave him the heck alone. Do oh, yeah. your thing. Do your thing. You want a salty defense? Let's get a salty defense. I'm going to leave you alone and let you yeah. do your thing. I mean, that you war chest opens. Yes, that exactly. You're the head coach. That war chest opened it up to go get maybe a name that can that can do some things from a defensive standpoint as well. And he's not going to meddle. Is going to be no. big too. I think. Here's yeah. another thing to think about. Sure. He's probably so Lane Kiffin was going to cost you eleven million dollars, and 
like, let's just be honest, that's going to eat up a lot of the coaching salary pool. I mean, the coaching salary pool is just li- going to be limited because that salary is huge. Hugh Freeze will not command $11 million. Hugh Freeze may not command over $6 million. So you take the difference there and you start hammering out guys, go pay. You could go make a defensive coordinator, the highest defensive coordinator, paid defensive co- coordinator in the country. You can go pay uh, at top dollar for high uh, caliber recruiters. Like you have a whole lot more flexibility to go out and build a staff. You get to pay Cadillac what he's worth. That, how about that? You get to pay, you, you get to give him a bump and, and keep him, uh, keep him happy and keep him here forever. Uh, I, I, there, there's a lot, a lot of positives that they're, they're going to come out of this. I, I really believe for the staff purposes. We got a comment from Julia that says Caddy would have done it for free. How does that play into your uh, your statement? No, we no, nobody does anything for free. But <laughs> no. um, talking about salaries, news is coming out right like as we're talking right now. Matt Rule salary at Nebraska, eight years, seventy four million dollars, so nine point wow. two five million mm. uh, for for Matt Rule with the seven million dollar assistant coaching pool. So he's top ten compensation for Matt Rule at Nebraska. That was the pool that you were going to be in with any other hire but Hugh Freeze. To make Charlie's point even more emphatic is that is where the market is for a head coach at a Power 5 program that wants to try to contend for the conference and make the playoff. And I, like I said, I would expect maybe seven, seven and a half at the most simply because of what you were already paying Brian Harson, But I think $6 million is more likely. I mean, told the buyout at Liberty is like $3 million. It is. So. Yeah, Chris Chris Lowe confirmed that. Auburn will pay $3 million for the buyout. That's also big <laughs> when you te- when you couple I mean, it with everything. Not, it's small. I, I mean, mean I, it's I, big. I, I, yeah, it's it's big from the aspect of it's, it's big that us. you don't yeah. have to pay $30 million to get a coach. So yeah. uh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Right. <laughs> All right, so I, I want to go around and uh, see who all thinks the coaches that will be currently retained. We're, let's mm-hmm. talk on-field coaches because a lot of people are in the chat or asked about Trevon Reed. He is not an on-field coach. Uh, I think Trevon, I don't know why anybody would ask him to go away because he's involved in recruiting, so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I, I think Trevon will stay. But of all the current assistants, who all do you think will stay? I think we're looking at two guys. Me too. We're looking at two guys. Zach uh, and Caddy? Yeah. Does anybody else think somebody else will stay? The only only maybe I feel I feel like someone said there was a connection with um, the linebacker coach. I'm drawing Christian, I'm dra- Christian Robinson. Yeah, I, I, there was somebody that said there's a connection there. Uh, oh, I saw that him, too between yeah. me and Freeze. I, but I, I think I think you're for sure getting Caddy and you're for sure getting Zach. Uh, and then um, if they if they keep Christian Robinson, you know, we'll see. What about a Kendall Simmons? I'm seeing his name a little bit. You got to keep him on staff, I think, uh, in some form or fashion. Um, As an on-field guy or an analyst? Probably an analyst role. Okay. um, But you got to keep him on staff. Uh, He did a great job filling in. Seeing a few uh, Ike Killiards, I threw that name out there to somebody this morning, and they said, "Eh, maybe not because they want a big-name wide receivers coach. Is what I was told. I, 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 I love that. what Ike Killiard has done, but that's the only reason I didn't say his name, guys. I think Will Friend got unfairly uh, 
connected to and tagged to Harson's offensive line inadequacy. We know that stories came out that Will Friend wanted to offer certain offensive linemen that really would be probably starting for Auburn right now, yeah. and Harson vetoed that. So I don't know. That's one that I wonder out from underneath the shadow of Harson if he was able to recruit and get the guys he wanted to recruit without getting overruled, how effective you know he could be in that in that scenario. Either yeah. way, he's definitely built himself some stock up while he's been calling plays and helping do game plans. He's been in his bag the last four mm-hmm. weeks. The offensive performance has mm-hmm. improved significantly. And either way, if he's not retained, which I agree with you, I think there's definitely a case to keep him. He will have plenty of job options when he reenters the coaching carousel because of the job he did these last four weeks once Brian Harson was gone. I want to pump everybody's brakes on one thing really quick, okay? Go ahead. Okay. So uh, I see a lot in the comments, and this is this is complete dumb luck, okay? This is complete dumb luck. I had someone call me that was actually going to buy something from the company that I sell uh, with a Mississippi number uh, not long ago, and we talked about the product, whatever, and he goes, y'all aren't going to take our coach, are you? Anyway, he was talking about Lane. He's an Ole Miss fan. It turns out he's Matt Luke's brother-in-law. Okay, Matt Luke is uh, obviously the number one. I, I swear to God, it's the dumbest luck ever. Uh, and I was the like, things that happen to you in your I, life. I know. Fascinating. It's, it, I swear this is a true story. I, and I'm going to go back through my phone and find this guy and call him and find out. But he said, uh, I really don't think if, if you get Hugh Freeze, I really don't think Matt Luke is going to ever coach again. He's got an 11 year old and a 14 year old son. And. Uh, he missed a ton, and he's loving going to baseball games, stuff like that, and he's made a ton of money. Um, so I'm not sure that Matt Luke – but here's another thing. It's easy for Matt Luke to say, I'm not going to coach again until another million-plus is thrown at you under your buddy Hugh Freeze. Throw 1.1 uh, his way, see, make him say no back, to 1.1. To come back. Yeah. No, I don't. I, I'll say this. I don't. I definitely don't think that phone call is not going to be made. I definitely think that phone call will be it's made. Interesting. But I'm not 100% sure that Matt Luke is going to be on the table. So I just I wanted to get that out there. So I was, uh, I got a call from a player like right after this news yeah. broke. And I'm like, all right, what you think? And he's like, I guess we kind of saw it coming. I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. I'm like, you happy with it? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'm happy with it. Um, and then he just let me know that there's a team meeting at five today. Yeah, they said they said that uh, Hugh was in. He's in Auburn, like he was in Auburn today. There's several reports that say he's here already. Wait, so, so we were following a plane for nothing? I think we were following a plane. <laughs> I, for I told y'all that. That was a diversion. That was a sneaky diversion right there. The plane was going to Washington D.C. Chris Roberts was going to a conference. But we didn't know that when it took off, and we're all like, it's flying to Virginia. It's flying to Virginia. Yeah, what about the plane that did a psych to everybody and flew over Lynchburg and then circled? Like, ha, full of you. I mean, smoke Smoke screen. screen. Yeah, some other pilot's just trolling everybody. Yeah, he is trolling. Nick Ross is having fun with it. (laughs) No, he he would hurt his knee getting in the cockpit. But anyway, I'm just teasing. Oh, boo. He's literally everything he had. I'm just teasing. It's a joke. But he, that is amazing. I mean, they learned their lesson. I mean, you're not going to be able to, to track jets after Jetgate as easily. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and you're not, especially after also after the the Gene Chizik airport uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hughes Hughes could have been even uh, much more entertaining. So I think that was a uh, it was a good move to sneak him in to Auburn and under the darkness of night and uh, have him here. If if that's true, which I assume if they're having a team meeting, it is true. 
Uh, seeing a few people ask about Muschamp, I don't. I, I think he was in the top three or four coaches that the big money wanted. Um, we'll see if he wants to be a DC. I, I don't think he's going to leave his situation for Georgia to be a defensive coordinator here. But we'll see. I wouldn't expect that. I would. No, be great. But I, I'm just, I'm just not expecting that. I'm not expecting that. All right. If you have questions, if you have questions, flood them in the live chat. We'd love to talk about things you want to talk about. Tiff wants to throw two million a year at Muschamp. I do too, buddy. But I just don't do think it. it's going to happen. But I'm all for it. I'm all for it if you want to do it. Absolutely. Hell, make From it. What I understand, it's not entirely money. Is part of the reason why we've been told no before. So, with Muschamp. With Muschamp. Part of it is it's not necessarily just money. There's other things in play as well. He's making $800,000 right now at UGA, for the record. Making how much? $800,000 in 2022. We could double that. Mm. Double it. Do it, Hugh. That'd be wild. All right. uh, Grady is asking, could T-Will be back? Travis Williams is the DC at UCF, former former Auburn linebackers coach. I, I would love that. I don't know if he's quite ready for that now in this situation. I think if it was a more balanced head coach, it's a little bit different of a conversation, but we're kind of thinking whoever the DC is, is going to be the head coach of the defense. I don't know if the fit is right in that situation. Um, I think that would have made more sense like under a Brian Harson head coach Mm -hmm. versus, um, versus a Hugh freeze. What are y'all's thoughts on T will? I agree. I mean, you would take T will all day over a Schmetting. I mean, obviously. And so, under under the Brian Harson scenario, but I think with you freeze being known for such a savant on the offensive side of the ball, that's exactly what you want. You want a counterpoint guy that is like you guys said, the head coach of the defense, established, mm-hmm. pay a lot of money, well known guy, well uh, you know a guy that's earned his his chap, so to speak, because that combination together, if you're saving money on the head coaching pool then by God, you better use it and go get big-time assistants that maybe have head coaching experience or being considered for head coaching, that kind of thing, because you've got the money now to do that. Yeah, I'm very interested in this uh, thing. I know Kirby's a defensive coach, so you got to take a little bit away from that with this because Hughes obviously offense. But George has been running this, like, associate defensive coordinator deal that has been very interesting. Two defense mm-hmm. – essentially having two defensive co- – assistant defensive coordinators. If you're going to bring T-Will, do you have a T-Will, uh, Tavares, Robinson combo? Uh, could that – could could two be one? I, and you got the money to do it? I, I, I don't know. It's That's an interesting, interesting dynamic they have. Um, I, I, I'm with you guys. Though. I feel like you're going to have to pay up and get a seasoned – uh, head coach over there uh, just because of how heavy Hugh is on on offense. Yeah, and something like that also means you're probably looking at Hugh's going to have to, in essence, work as the QB coach himself because you have a limited number of on-field coaching spots. So that's the other consideration, something like that there. Yeah, all right. More and more people asking who do we think the D.C. could be. And so, I mean, it's got to be somebody that I think can handle all of the responsibilities and something that we saw with this hire. They wanted somebody who was a sitting current head coach i bet i bet it's a sitting current dc that is going to be hired so that eliminates some names that we've been throwing out um he's a little bit younger but ron roberts at baylor used to work uh, he's he's been under david randa for a while david randa's a defensive head coach and so i think he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves could be a kirby smart at at Alabama situation, but Ron Roberts at Baylor feels to me strong recruiter has ties to Texas in the Midwest. 
would help you recruiting that area? I'll tell you what I would do. And I know right now there's somebody sitting on Texas's staff that's not the official defensive coordinator. He's an analyst. And he threw one heck of a game plan up at Alabama and Bryce Young in week two. I'd ask what it would take to get Gary Patterson. Interesting. That would be a good because <laughs> he's coach. he's been a head coach and he's he's just a defensive analyst on Texas's staff, right? I mean that's he's not even the defensive coordinator, but there's a guy that I would be willing to throw 1.5 at at two million and say you want to talk about a guy that could be a, a defensive coordinator, head coach, the head coach of the defense. You leave him alone, you let him do his thing. I mean he he can scheme, he's a good recruiter, he can game plan. He coached as we all know, head coach at TCU, and he's not even in a coordinator role right now. thousand dollars right now. I, see, I throw the bank at him. I, your bank, Lindsay. I'd back you up. I'd just say, <laughs> back up the truck, Lindsay. Let's go. If it were me, uh, there's been a lot of talk that Mike Leach could retire uh, mm-hmm. after this season uh, from health reasons, whatever. Just time he may retire. I I'm a very big fan of Zach Arnett. Uh, he looks like a he looks like a defensive coordinator. He's young. <laughs> he's fiery. He he, he was a linebacker. Yeah, he looks like a defensive coordinator. He makes, I think, 1.1 at Mississippi State. He could possibly be in the running to be their head coach. Maybe he could interview, but if not. He's been impressive. Uh, he's been very impressive. Uh, he's he's put together a salty defense without a lot of, you know, just outstanding talent. He made uh, Nathaniel Watson from Alabama, uh, you know, small 1A school in Alabama, made him what I think probably an NFL player uh, uh, who all, was an Auburn legacy, by the way. Uh, kind of hurts, but anyway, sure. um, yeah, I, I think Zach Arnett would be my number one. That would be my if it were me, Mississippi ties. I go, I go hard after Zach Arnett. He's making 1.2 million right now, and he has 2.7 wow. left on his deal after this season. He's a th- he just signed a three year extension. Yeah, yep. Co- Cohen, you did that. Go now, go bring him here. Come on, come on. John. <laughs> That's yeah. another good point. Is some of the smoke we heard about Brian Johnson was because. He had been at Mississippi State the same time that John Cohen was there, and they had familiarity. He's familiar with Zach Arnett. He's the one that gave him that contract over the summer. So, very good point. Seeing a shocking amount of Kevin Steele, mm-hmm. I don't think that's happening. I don't. I, I think don't, that ship has sailed. Uh, I do yeah. too. Let's not. Let's not. I mean, I just think that 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 is a a time and in an era. You know, he did some great things for Auburn. I appreciate his service defensively, but the whole thing on the way he went out the door and the stop steal. I, I don't want all that getting rehashed. Daryl, do you know who started the stop steal? Do you know who probably, started probably, that? Probably Charlie Five. I take yeah. I take it's it's amazing. Out. I was in Denver, Colorado on a on a, a father daughter trip. When I first saw the hashtag stop steal, and here I am to the right of him right now in the Brady Bunch setup that we have going on right now with the man yeah. that started it. Wish I could take that one back. Yeah. I wish I could have that one back. I'm seeing a lot of, I read of Pruitt in the comments. I Pruitt, I believe, is going to be going to Alabama. I don't expect I, Pete, uh, Pete Golden to be there much longer. I expect yeah. uh, he'll be at Alabama. People are somebody threw out Brent Venables, which last I checked, he's a head coach. Uh, yeah. Might not work like that. And he kind of said some bad stuff about us. So yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He burned well, the he bridge. He did sound man. interested, though. He's just like somebody yeah. offered me the job that, like, I don't think they could, could? offer yeah. me. The they job, had the authority so to it do kinda it. Kind of weirded me out. Yeah, and then I'm seeing Gene Chizik as well. I still, I still think Arnett's a great idea. I like the Patterson idea as well, um, or going Baylor. I like any of those ideas. But I think the consensus here from all of us is find a a sitting 
defensive coordinator who has either been a head coach or has been a defensive yeah. coordinator for a long time and just let them be head coach of the defense is the best way to handle this. Yeah, I'm Charles Kelly's that. name is going to be in this. Like, just get mm-hmm. ready. It's going to he's going to be in the mix. If uh, I had to pick right now, like, all right, you got to predict who Auburn's next DC is. Uh, I would say Charles Kelly. And, and I don't before, have a problem a problem with that either. I mean, before you get before you just like throw up on yourself thinking about that hire, um, go search Charles Kelly two four seven and and look at his all time recruits page. Um, he may he may not look like he has much personality, but clearly he's a he's a dog on yeah, the recruiting trail. People must trail. like him, or he's a really and good people, bag man, or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's exactly. doing something, and right. he's a veteran. He's fifty three. Uh, he's been around a while. He's been defensive coordinators. With and I, I'm I, I'm just saying that name could be is probably going to be in the mix, and he's going to be he could be a good hire. Let's eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. There you go. That's the salary. We could beat that. We could totally oh, beat that. We could double, we could double that. that. <laughs> Although we're just going to spend other people's money. The 53 year old being a veteran stung a little bit. I ain't going to lie to you, but we'll just we'll move past that. He's probably, he's been, <laughs> sorry, he's been a coach. He's 55 for the record. He's 55. He's 55. See, sorry. that's I'm, the difference, Daryl. So much younger than him. He that's was in college 86 through 89. Where, where did he play? He <laughs> was at Auburn. Auburn. He was at Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Come on home. Come on home. All right. Let's, uh, let's discuss what this looks like in regards to the transfer portal. I still think we're going to see a lot of kids enter the portal. It may start in the next few days. It may start on the 5th. I'm not sure if it's been 30 days since Harson's been gone. It feels longer than that, but I'm not sure. But regardless, I think over the next few weeks, we're going to see guys enter the portal, but you're going to see that everywhere. And so I want everyone to be patient and calm, which isn't going to happen, and that's fine. I'll probably overreact all of it too. But... I want you to compare Auburn's numbers compared to the rest of college football because it's going to happen everywhere. I think the 19 that Auburn had last year, I think it may look similar to that, but I think more people are going to have 19 guys leave as well. And so that's kind of what I'm predicting, guys. Um, Auburn also has less roster that could leave <laughs> because uh, it seems like the whole team's about to just like either run out of eligibility or declare for the draft. Um what are y'all's thoughts on, on how Auburn kids are going to respond to the portal? I'm taking the under on 19. What if I said 14? Let's say let's say 13 and a half. Well, I, I, I'm going to go around 12, but I'm going to say it's going to be for different reasons, and I think the reasons matter. I think that people left last year because they hated their head coach and wanted to get out of that culture. I think this will be based solely upon playing time. And you, and you can't fault a kid. It doesn't say anything about your culture – or it doesn't mean like your, your program's in trouble because kids want to leave because of playing time. But when they're leaving because they hate who their coach is and the environment and the culture, that's when you have issues. So I'm going to say around 12, and I'm going to say a majority of that's going to be because they just they, they don't think you're getting an opportunity to play and it's going to be a playing time issue. If mm-hmm. you've watched it, I feel like there's every player should feel like they have a chance to play. <laughs> You know, and I've heard that I heard players love him. I heard yeah. him. I heard too many things I've read over and over about how players connect to him, and he's a players' coach, and players love playing for him. Absolutely, I agree. that's that, that's important. I mean, I, again, I know that it sounds just repetitious, but we when you come out of the valley of that being the opposite, it matters. Zach has his hand up. So, just got a note right now. There is a scouting department meeting with Hugh Freeze. So, I mean, he he got Good he is Lord. 
he has hit the ground running. I, I mm. love that. I absolutely love that. Scouting is portal. That's 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 what that mm-hmm. is. We're about, that's we're exactly about get, what that is. We're getting ready. We're getting ready to absolutely I called it pillage the portal. That's what we're getting ready to do. So you guys think right now with the scouting department, the first thing he's doing, we, we know he's evaluating the roster. He's doing a roster yes. evaluation of what Auburn's needing and what they're lacking. And then that's going to equate to let's go get whoever we need to get to fill this void. And apparently and I think, he did that rather than game plan last week. And he probably did that. Yeah. Two weeks ago. And I think the offensive and defense now. Seven other coaches. So did seven other coaches that got their eyes beat out yeah. Saturday that were named for other jobs, but are in the running. And I think the offensive and defensive lines is probably, don't you guys agree where he's going to go first? Yes. Fill it up. You, you got to think. So I, I always am fascinated. Like when somebody's elected president or some high level of office, like they've got to sit down and tell you all the secrets, right? Like they've got to tell you, all right, there are aliens or, okay, yep, here are some UFOs that we know of or, you know, some, some crap like that, right? Mm-hmm. He is sitting down right now and he's like, y'all don't know what offensive tackles are? <laughs> y'all do realize you can get them out of high school, right? Like, yeah, you don't have to sign them out of high school. You don't have to go to Germany to get them. I mean, you can get them right here in the good old USA. And yeah, then like, you can y'all coach are in them. Alabama. Like, there's a ton yeah. of tackles. Like, what's going on here? And then you can actually coach them up to be drafted in the first round, like I've done. Wow, what a novel so, idea! Yeah, so oh, just throw that goodness. out there too. Y'all do know they're allowed to block, right? Like, they, they are allowed. They're allowed to, to move yeah. people off the ball. He's they're allowed to touch people. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. So a few people asking what the first position is. You got to think offensive tackle specifically. Mm-hmm. I think defensive line is going to be a big deal just because you're losing like your whole defensive front, right? You're like you got to assume. Yeah, yeah, you got to assume yeah, Derek yeah. Hall and Colby are, are gone. Um, is Jason's gone. coming back. Marcus Harris is probably coming back. You lose Morris Joseph, who was a depth piece late in the year. Is Bragg back? Bragg is not so. back. He can't. No, he was a grad transfer. He's 35. He's last year. Go. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, yeah, he's that's right. That's the opposite of 53. I just noticed how you flipped those numbers around. Nice. You're, nice. you're right. Defensive you're really, you're really line. thinking about that. And I don't think, yeah, I don't think, and you're not going to, and this is where people have to be realistic. You're, no matter how many four stars or five stars he could sign into a recruiting class along the defensive front, it's hard to get somebody to come in, be ready to play, make an impact from a pass rushing standpoint, edge or otherwise. So he's going to have to get people in the portal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And then, like, I guess, I guess there was a little bit of hope that Owen would come back, but he accepted a senior bowl invite. So it's like, you got to get linebackers. Offense. Everywhere else, I think you get a quarterback, but everywhere else, I, I think you feel good about. Like, I don't I think love, you need – The running back room's sweet. I mean, Totally. I, and maybe you get another running back. Maybe you get a fourth or fifth running back. But, like, I don't know if that's really needed. Um, if Jeremiah okay. – I think Jeremiah Cobb with Cadillac staying, he keeps his commitment and honors his commitment. And I think with him and Austin and Jarquez, maybe you get one more, a, a change of pace back maybe. But I think those three are going to make the running back room look really nice. Daryl, let's play this just for a second. Mm-hmm. Is this as enticing of a hire offensively where Tank thinks about staying? Is there any chance? Mm. How big is an IL again? Uh, <laughs> That's a great I, I, th- I, th- well, I know that was a semi-joke, but like, I think it's a factor here. Where it's do you factor. think, though? I think, I think it is, and I think it all – This not to take the easy way out to the question, but, you know, he'll, he'll get what? He'll seek advice on where he'll go 
from an evaluation standpoint. And unfortunately for Tank Bigsby, I don't think he ever was able to show truly what the running back he could become or could have been because of the offensive line he was running behind. So let's say Tank Bigsby projects as a fourth-round pick. Because running backs, we know, don't go in the first round anyway. And so it's just kind of is a, is a domino yeah. effect, right? So let's say he's a fourth or fifth-round projected pick. Why not come back another year and maybe move up two or three rounds? Who knows? Make half a million dollars and then go and then, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where NIL changes the game because four years ago, people made that decision based upon, well, a fourth-round draft pick still gets paid money that I'm not getting now to help my family. Well, now you ain't got to worry about that. You can still get paid and then just, you know, basically – uh, cushion your your draft your, your draft status. Is Tank worth a million dollars for him to stay another year? Wow. I think with the room you have behind him, no. I don't think that that's the amount that you end up getting to. I can see in certain situations on certain teams they go that far for somebody, but Auburn I don't necessarily think does that. Um, but they would need to get him a branded. They would need to get him with a brand like uh, which is like he's very well already. Like he very he very well could. Um, I think Jarquez. I think Jarquez Hunter made Tank Bigsby not a million dollar guy for NIL. Let's put it that way. With the way he's run the football the last four I think, weeks, I think that's well said, Daryl. Yeah, I think that's well said. But to Daryl's point, like the draft calculus is different now. Look at him like a Peyton Barber, where he declares for the draft because his family needs the financial money. Mm -hmm. Doesn't get drafted and is an undrafted free agent for the Buccaneers. Like that's that doesn't happen now because you can just stay and get nil money if you're the number one running back, but you're not a higher in the draft guy. So calculus is different. I still don't necessarily think we get Tank back for another year unless he just decides he wants to get his degree and that he loves Auburn this much. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, is there anybody else on offense that could stay? That's not. You do and lose I a don't... lot of starting experience from a receiving standpoint out of your tight end room with John Shingle Schenker being 37 years old and going on. Sure. And so there is a conversation about if there's a game breaking tight end who would clearly be your number one. Do you bring him in or do you roll with the juniors and a deal and a from and a Frazier? Well, the Riley Ducker, Riley Duck, what, is it Riley Tucker or Riley Ducker? I get Ducker, confused. Michael Riley Ducker. Yep. Yeah, with the hyphenated names. And King being what I consider to be like like Charlie Five talked about, that hybrid on the hash tight end like they used Evan, Evan Ingram. Um, I, think you're, I think you're set there. I, I think you've got two dudes that can stretch the field and can really, you know, help uh, in the seams where we never saw the ball get thrown and that kind of thing. I think those two dudes – can really help, especially with King coming out of the portal. Yeah, and other guys that are out of eligibility are who? Shedrick Jackson, and then... Um, see, I wouldn't be surprised to see... If Shedrick Jackson came back? Yeah, I'm no, sure he would if he could. Contract. Yeah, no, I think I think he's... Go, I think Sorry. you're going to... Go ahead, what oh, We got contract news? Yeah, yeah. Uh, six years, six and a half million per year. I'm pretty sure that's exactly wow. what I said. Wow, love mm. it. That's a bargain. Six wow. years, six and a half million per year. Yep. Who reported that, Lindsay? Pete Thamel. Okay. Oh, that's... I feel good about it. Yeah, I feel good <laughs> about course. it. Of course. I wouldn't have shared it if it wasn't something like <laughs> yeah. that. Pete yeah. has W-2s already. So, or he does. Whatever they have. What I was going to say is, could you guys see a scenario, though, where Hugh Freeze looks at this receiver room and says, hey, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of great athletic bodies. There's a lot of guys that are going to be stars. But I need to go get one right now that is a star and go get a receiver in the portal that could be wide receiver one immediately. I mean, we've we've said that for like since the portal became a thing, and it just hasn't happened. So it's like, what's 
is he going to be able to be different than what Harson was? All right, because the whole thing was like evaluation, 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 evaluation. Okay, now we're ready to go after some dude. And then it's like we're not even in their top five when they cut it down to five. We saw that with linemen. We saw it with receivers. And, I mean, if he's handling recruiting any way he's handling his first three hours on the job, uh, I think I feel so much better about how next month can go. Sweet. Sweet. I, yeah, you, I was froze up, you froze up for a second. When oh, you did. Finished. You did. Cool. No, I, I, if, if he handles the next uh, the next month and like the portal process anyway, similar to how he handled the first three hours of him on the job, I feel really good about the situation. It won't be because I don't I don't think that's my job description. It won't be because I think I hired somebody that's supposed to take. It won't be because I didn't go see high school coaches. It won't be because I didn't call kids or, or try to reach out. It won't be because any of that. I, I guarantee you that if there's anything that it will not be anything that will be effort related if that happens. What you gotta like? You gotta what you gotta like? like. Yeah. Go swing it. Start swinging, man. Swing. Go. Go swinging. Let's let's get after it. I, I'm I'm so fired up. I, we got a coach who knows where Phoenix City is, Columbus, Columbus Georgia. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go after it. And on, and on to victory is fired up more than anybody. Right now. All right. I, I think this is interesting. Chris Davis, I assume it's a different Chris Davis in the kick six, says Florida was saying the same thing about how Napier was getting right on early on recruiting early. That worked out well for them. Yeah, Florida has an awesome – well, Florida has an incredible recruiting class right now. Yeah. I mean, so, so – I don't like, know what that I, means, I, Chris Davis. Yeah, so explain what you mean by that. Are you saying that, that the way there's a record turned out this year being I think so that, far? I think, yeah, I think that's what he's connecting the two, but I don't think those things. Yeah, are last year's recruiting class has a huge, should have a huge impact on this year's uh, roster. Chris Davis, great point. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> great point. 17 overall class in 2022. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, that remains. 23. Well, I mean, again, and I mean, did, we heard the greatest thing since sliced bread was Texas State M's recruiting class. Same scenario. I mean, it, it, it takes a year or two. To allow that recruiting class to to bud a little bit, they they had the best recruiting class and won four or five games. So Texas A and M did. That's Exhibit A. It's get, That's why it's got to be a mesh of the mm. portal and a recruiting class. Yes, you can got get to. you can get better quicker and get to eight or nine wins or whatever if you get the right guys in the portal. I just I believe that uh, in this day and age. Oh my totally. gosh! I had a comment. I lost it. I wanted to bug. Oh, we were bug. ready to bug. I'm ready to bug. Oh my gosh, I lost. Chris Davis it. is not bugging right now. Mm-mm. While we're doing else? that, question about defensive coordinators Barry Odom of Arkansas. What would your thoughts be on that? I don't. Well, like if we could poach him, I mean, he'd be like down the list. Give of the him guys four million dollars. <laughs> yeah, he'd be down the list of the guys we can mention. But I'd rather somebody like him than a guy that's. Why would auditioning? you want any part of what Arkansas's defense has been this year? It's awful. Good point. Hey, it's awful. real quick. Andy's making one point five million. Can we so. bug just real yeah, quick? Yeah, bug. I want to bug, and then I got something. All right, rate this comment on a scale of one to ten. Our boy Doyle Calzada, he's a sleeper for Heisman next year. I've heard he's focused on having fun. Wow, Doyle. Um, let's Doyle. bug Doyle. I love Let me it. Get, give me some of that. Whatever you got, Doyle. Let's go. Doyle. Let's go. <laughs> wow, Doyle from mm. the top rope. I love it. 
No, I like. I mean, maybe uh, he did not. Zach has not. He's always said he wanted to hang out and essentially see who the next coach was going to be. So he had his shoulder cut open to be able to do that. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you know, maybe maybe that that would be a could be a good um could be a good competition. Doyle, thank you, thank you for no, thank you, Doyle. Love it. Oh, Doyle rules. That's a topic. Uh, yeah, I think so. We're Doyle dudes. Can we say that? It's a Billy Madison reference. If nobody's seen that movie, dudes I'm, for Doyle. I have. Uh, Charlie Five, you're about to say something, but we we booked first. Yeah, uh, so I looked it up the other day. The sal- salary pool for Alabama is seven point eight million dollars. So with Hugh giving uh, having a six point five million dollar contract or six point six, whatever it was, uh, and we were willing to go five to seven million with Lane, that would put you at uh, what sixteen, seventeen million dollars in total uh, coaches' salaries. Now you you essentially have ten if you if you're if you're if you're willing to pay that you got ten million dollars of wiggle room. They're not going to spend all that, but you can at least justify matching money wise with a staff of one of the best staffs in the country. So uh, that should excite you, and that should be I mean that should be the standard. I would feel like that's what you should that's what we should go after, and we have the money earmarked for it already. Go do it. I agree. I think the payoff is you, you either get really, really salary heavy on the head coach you get, and that leaves you with less, you know, going out and getting bona fide big, t- big top name assistance. But when we just heard the terms of the contract, what, six and a half million over mm-hmm. six years, I think yeah. that it, that contract to me screams really, really nice salary pool as far as coaches are concerned. And I think that's going to line up really nice for what Auburn's want to try to accomplish in recruiting, transfer poll, everything. Um, all right. I've kept you all for like an hour. So I want to every one, each person share one word mm-hmm. about their thoughts, how they would describe this hire. Charlie five, you go first, try to keep it PG. Oh, um, so I will not describe. Never mind. I'm not going to go. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm very, I'm very excited. I'm very anxious to see how this, uh, the coaching staff fills out um, my boxes that I like to be checked for a coach. I love a, I love an offensive head coach uh, because you're, you're always going to have an identity on offense, uh, which is, which is great. You don't have to relearn a new system every few, every few years. And then recruiting, man, that, I, I'm, I've always been a huge recruiting guy. One word, this, Charlie five. Yeah, is that, it only one word? That was a very long one word. I missed the one word part. Okay. Elated. Let's go with that. Okay. Sorry, All right, Daryl. I'm going to just say hope. Um, I, we've talked about that from the time that Cadillac was hired, that this Auburn family just wanted to see improvement and wanted to see progression and wanted to see maybe some things in the future. So hope for me. Lindsey Crosby. Enthused. Like it's, it's, I'm happy that it's somebody who legitimately wants to be here. They're not here because of money. He's here because he wants to be here, and that that has me excited. I am enthused for his tenure because he wants to be here. My word will I'll, be yes. Also, also, he's like the third consecutive former Arkansas State head coach. Can we acknowledge that? That's a little weird. That is that is really strange. Because Gus was and Harson was, and he was stepping too. stone job. Kind of, and we had State. and we had a head coach that played at Arkansas State and Tommy Tuberville. That's I don't even, think I knew that. I don't. I don't yeah. know That's this is yeah. really weird. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Really weird. That is amazing. That is. That's not me. That's who's, not me. Who's is that? That's not, not me. me. Well, actually, I'm in Forest Hills. It might be. 
<laughs> My oh, word is uh <laughs> If anyone's <laughs> watching lives there, my apologies. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, my uh, my word is finally. It finally happened. He's finally here. Um, a lot of people tied him to the job two years ago. Instead, we got whatever type of administration that, that was. Um, whether you agree with it or not, I'm not as fired up as other people are about the hire, but it's finally done. Auburn people, let's get behind him and let's see what he does. Let's watch him put together a staff. Let's watch him navigate the transfer portal over the next four or five weeks throughout December until the end of the year. And let's see what happens. This is it. Absolutely. This is this is our guy. And so we've got to figure it out. And, you know, there's a bunch of Auburn folks that are like, I'm not going to support Auburn anymore. It's like, all right, I hate to see that. But, um, you know, I don't know what I'll else you're going to do on Saturdays. So I'll find we'll a parking see. space now. Thank you. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. I got a feeling Jordan here Stadium is going to be filled up and be very energetic in his – debut next year so Lindsey crosby you can find his written work at auburndaily.com he also hosts locked on mlb prospects which isn't relevant to this conversation at all but that's where we are daryl daprich he uh does post game shows with me for football and basketball every single game with the exception of yesterday's game um this year on locked on auburn and charlie five he likes sleeps and message boards and discords and stuff and he's oh, yeah. fun to be around so uh, guys, thank you all so much for hanging out. Really, really appreciate it. For those who stuck around, there's like 1,500 of you. That is absolutely amazing. Please like this video and this stream, and please subscribe. Would mean a ton for the channel. Charlie Five will be with me tomorrow morning as we continue to recap this hire. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.